Good morning, good morning. We welcome you here to the Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church located in beautiful Northampton County, right outside of the town of Garysburg, where our motto is the end of your search for a friendly church. And we are so blessed and we are honored and humbled that you would make time to worship with us on this Sunday morning. This is the second Sunday in June, June 14th, and we are so pleased and we're grateful to the Lord to have this opportunity to be with you. I want to thank Mr. Derek Buffalo, Miss April Allen. I also want to thank Derek's daughter, Gabby, and April's daughter, Jasmine, my doll baby, and Deacon uh, Woodrow Harding Jr. for being here on this morning to make sure that this broadcast is able to get out to all of you. To God be all the glory. Let us pray. Father, we thank you now for this time of preaching and teaching. Use me as you will, Holy Spirit. I pray that spiritual hearts will be fertile ground to receive the word and that it will inspire those who are saved to continue to serve you faithfully and those who are not saved to recognize that they need to ask you to be their Lord and Savior. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. On this Sunday morning, I'm continuing the series from the book of Daniel. So this will be uh, the second message in a four-part, what I pray and believe will be a four-part series from the book of Daniel. This morning, we're going to Daniel chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 16 through 28. Daniel chapter 6, verses 16 through 28. And as I do most of the time, I will be sharing with you this morning from the New International Version of the Bible. So beginning at verse number 16, this is what it says. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Verse 21, Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed 
and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. When Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. And before they could reach the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Verse 25, then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree in every part of my kingdom. People must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Verse 28. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. Some might say Cyrus, 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 the Persian. Amen. This morning, I would like us to focus our attention on this thought. Stay focused on your purpose. Stay focused on your purpose. The combustible combination of the COVID-19 pandemic and the unjust murder of Mr. George Floyd, those two things together uh, have made life in the United States more difficult, more demanding, and more deadly than any time in my 59 years of living. There are two situations that are going on 24 hours a day that we cannot escape. The first situation is that tens of thousands of people are declaring their so-called rights to respond to this pandemic however they choose. In other words, we've seen folks all around the nation uh, being mad and protesting because they don't like the shelter in place or the stay home orders that their governors or their local mayors have given. And in some cases, uh, folks have even uh, come to state capitals with their weapons uh, because they wanted the, 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 the governor or the local mayor of the town to know how angry they are because they want to be able to get out and move around like they want to, even though the governor or the mayor may say no for the safety of everybody. We need to stay in place and certain businesses don't need to be open. So that's one thing that's been going on. And then the second thing that's been going on, millions of people around the world are demanding justice for George Floyd and others who are the victims of uh, systematic racism and injustice. And specifically in the case of George Floyd and so many others that we could name uh, being murdered uh, at the hands of law enforcement officers whose job it is to serve and protect. 
we, the body of Christ, we're not removed nor are we immune to either of these intense situations. We're not of the world, but we're certainly in the world. Amen. Many of us, like the people that I've been talking about, many of us have strong feelings about COVID-19. Many of us have strong feelings about the murder of George Floyd and uh, Ahmed Aubrey and Breonna Taylor and so many others. Many of us are angry and have strong feelings about continuing uh, so systemic racism and injustice. And we have as much right as any other person to express whatever we're feeling. But I want to remind us today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that we also have an obligation to stay focused on our divine purpose. Amen. Even in the midst of what's going on around us. And again, we have just as much right to say how we feel and, and, and do whatever it is that we can do legally to express whatever we're feeling as anybody else. But because we belong to Jesus, we have to always remember that we've got to stay focused on our purpose. Last week, I started this series about the life of Daniel. And uh, Daniel is one of the most celebrated Bible heroes because he stood fast in faith while he was enduring great adversity. There was adversity uh, for the nation of Judah, where he was from. And there was also adversity for him personally as a believer in Jehovah God. According to the Zondervan's Life Application Study Bible, um, it says that there are four mega themes in the book of Daniel. That you can take the book of Daniel and that it is broken down into four major themes, or I'm going to say four mega themes. Uh, one of those mega themes is God is in control. And that was the theme that was the inspiration of the message, the first message in this series that I preached last Sunday uh, called All of This is Part of His Plan. And just briefly to summarize, I want us to remember that if we believe God is who the Bible says he is, then nothing that's going on has come as a surprise to God. He knew it was going to happen. Every single detail, how it would happen, when it would happen. But the thing we also need to remember, my brothers and sisters, is that God can take a bad situation and turn it into something that is for the good, not only of us as believers, but for the entire human race. So we need to stand firm on that. So that was one of the mega themes of the book of Daniel. God is in control, and that was the inspiration for my message last week. All of this is part of his plan. This message today, I want to talk about a second mega theme in the book of Daniel. Here it is. The mega theme I want to talk about today is purpose in life. The mega theme I want to talk about from the book of Daniel today is purpose in life. And out of that, I have today's message, stay focused on your purpose. Here's the most important thing I want us to remember. Christians should never forget to walk in our divine purpose, no matter what may be happening in the world around us. 
Amen. We can't ever get so hung up on and so caught up in the issues of our day, our present circumstances, personally, from family, uh, nationally, work, whatever it may be. We can't ever get so caught up in the circumstances going on around us that we fail and we neglect to remember that we have a divine purpose and we've got to walk in that purpose. We always have to remember who we are and whose we are. Amen. So, so let me now just briefly summarize Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. Uh, king Darius is the third king uh, that Daniel has uh, served under during his time in Babylon. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar was the first king. Nebuchadnezzar was the king that brought Daniel and the three Hebrew boys and some other Hebrew uh, young men and women. Nebuchadnezzar brought them from Judah to Babylon. And then Nebuchadnezzar's son, uh, Belshazzar, followed him. Amen. Belshazzar, that he followed uh, his dad, Nebuchadnezzar. And then this man named Darius comes along, and he is a Medo-Persian, and he overthrows Belshazzar, and he takes over Babylon. So now this is the third king that Daniel is serving under since his captivity. Darius decided that uh, he would take 120 people. The Babylonian kingdom is huge, it's vast. So, so Darius decides to appoint 120 officers over various uh, responsibilities for the kingdom. And Daniel was one of those 120. But we already know from the message last week that God's favor was on Daniel's life. And so Daniel quickly established himself as the most excellent of the 120 officers in the eyes of King Darius. Darius, in fact, was so pleased with Daniel that he was ready to make Daniel the chief officer. In other words, he was going to put Daniel over all of the officers who oversaw the entire kingdom. Basically, Daniel was going to be in the same position of Joseph in Egypt back in the day. The, the, one, the other 119 officers, they were jealous of Daniel. Amen. And when people are jealous of you, they try to harm you. Amen. So they set a trap for Daniel. And the only way they could find a, a, a possibility to create a problem or find a fault with Daniel in the king's eyes was because of Daniel's religion, because of his faith in Jehovah God. So these 119 officers went to King Darius and said, listen, king, we want you to issue a decree that says for the next 30 days, nobody can pray or worship to any other God except you. And the king, not thinking, agreed. I guess his ego got caught up in it. He was flattered. And anyway, he went ahead and issued that decree. He signed a decree with his signet ring, which meant it could not be changed or overturned. Well, when Daniel heard about the new decree, Daniel just kept being Daniel. Daniel didn't change because the wind blew a different way. Daniel didn't change because of the popular opinion of the day. Daniel didn't go along to get along just because the majority of folks said something was right, even though Daniel knew it was wrong. Daniel stood firm. He stood firm in his faith 
in Jehovah God. So he went up to his room and he opened his window and he got down on his knees and prayed as he did three times a day, even though this decree had been passed. So clearly uh, the first thing that these other officers did is that they ran straightway back to Darius and said, hey, king, you issued this decree and Daniel is disobeying you. You've got to now punish him by throwing him into the lion's den. Darius didn't want to do it, but Darius had to do it because he had made a decree and it could not be unchanged. Using Daniel's life, I want to remind the body of Christ in this season of uncertainty, in this season of frustration, in this season of anger, in this season of sadness, I want to remind us that we must stay focused on our divine purpose. Our purpose is the reason why Jehovah God put us into this world. Amen now. Your divine purpose is the reason why God allowed you to be born and to live in this world. Every person, every human being that's born, God has a plan and a purpose for his or her life. But all of us don't ever achieve our purpose for all kinds of reasons. But once you give your life to Jesus, then God, the Holy Spirit, begins to supernaturally work with you and begin to get you in line and clearly reveal to you what God's plan and purpose for your life is. And then it's up to us to walk in it with the help of the Holy Spirit and in the power in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you this, that when I say our divine purpose, I'm really talking about three things that we're called to do. But but for this message, I'm going to just put them all together as one purpose collectively. But here is the here is the divine purpose of all human beings and especially those of us once we get called, once we accept Jesus and make him our personal savior. Our, our divine purpose is this. Number one, to praise God. Number two, to serve God. And number three, to share God's word. Now, like I said, those are three separate parts, but I'm combining them under the, the overall or overarching umbrella of calling it one mega purpose. Our divine purpose, our divine purpose as human beings, actually, not just those of us who are saved, our divine purpose as human beings is to praise God, to serve God, and then to share his word. But again, as I said before, some people never get to any of that because they never humble themselves and never come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. But when we accept Jesus and we become Christians, we know that when we die, we go to heaven. When unsaved people die, they go to hell. That might sound cruel. That might sound judgmental. Some of you may say that's just your opinion, horsely. It's not my opinion. It's what the Bible says. And you can choose not to believe the Bible. But I choose to believe the Bible. Christians die and go to heaven. And those who are unsaved die and go to hell. But heaven or hell is our choice because God has given us a free will. In other words, nobody has to go to hell if they, not, if they choose not to do, do so because the, 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 the remedy, the solution 
To not go into hell is to humble yourself and give your life to Jesus. I have to be just blunt about it, saying it this way, because this is not a time that I need to be concerned about being politically correct, because souls are at stake. Saved or unsaved, all human beings have the same enemy, and that enemy is the devil. I'm not saying the devil's responsible for everything that's been going on in our world over these last uh, three, four, five months. He's not responsible for everything that's been going on, but he is taking advantage of what we're going through. The devil is using our anger and our division to literally kill as many people as he can because that's his purpose. That's his purpose. He comes not. He's the thief and he comes not but to steal, kill and destroy. So he's accomplishing his purpose, and especially now, because he has so many people that he can get to and use and, 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 and fool them, cloud their judgments, and end up literally taking their lives. At this critical and crucial time in human history, the body of Christ must remain vigilant, and we must stay focused on our purpose. Now, now let's look really quickly at what we can learn from Daniel. In verse number 16, King Darius is distressed because he's had to order his soldiers to throw Daniel. We call it the lion's den. What it really is, is it's a dug out pit in the ground and there are lions that have been lowered down that pit and they aren't being fed regularly. So they're hungry. Daniel shows no sign of fear. And because Darius show, Daniel shows no sign of fear, King Darius is hopeful that Daniel's God will save him from the lions. Here's the first point I want the body of Christ to learn from this episode in Daniel's life. Point number one, faith in God eliminates fear. Faith in God eliminates fear. Proverbs chapter 3 Verses 25 and 26 says, do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and the Lord will keep your foot from being caught. Church family and those who may be listening in these turbulent days around the world, the body of Christ, we must keep our faith in Jesus. Yes, we have lots of reasons to be anxious and, and to be nervous. And even in some situations, yes, we have reason to be afraid. But I want to encourage you this morning that in this season, when you feel anxiety or nervousness or fear coming upon you, I'm encouraging you Take a deep breath and then say out loud, God, I trust you. Jesus, upon your confession of your never wavering faith in him, Jesus will empower us with his peace and his confidence. And then we'll be able to shake off any fear that may come upon us. Verses 17 and 18, that night King Darius can't eat, he can't sleep because he's worried about Daniel. Verses 19 and 20, 
When the sun comes up, Darius runs down to the, out of the palace and he runs down to the pit where the lions are. And, 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 and we read, when you heard it in my reading, it says, he called out to Daniel in an anguished voice. In other words, he was afraid. Darius was afraid that the lions had killed Daniel and, and Daniel, who he respected so much, was gone. But in verses 21 and 22, Darius is shocked and he's grateful when he hears Daniel say, oh, king, live forever. Amen. Daniel declares that the Lord saved him because, Daniel says, the Lord saved me, king, because I was innocent in God's sight. And he says, king, I had never done you any harm. Point number two, live to please God and not man. Live to please God and not man. First John chapter three, verse 22 says this. And whatever we ask, we receive from him talking about God because we keep his commandments and we do those things which are pleasing in his sight. If you live a life that's pleasing to God, God will take care of you. Nobody's perfect. God doesn't, doesn't expect you to be perfect. He knows you can't be perfect. You and I don't care how holy we are, how holy we think we are. We can come to church every time the door opens. We can know every chapter, verse of scripture that's ever been written. We can sing every hymn in the Bible, in, in, in the hymn book. We cannot be perfect because we live in uh, corrupted human flesh, and that includes our thinking. But when we accept Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us, and we are no longer trying to live a perfect life. We're trying to live a life that's pleasing to God. We're living a blameless life, the Bible says, which means that we acknowledge to the Lord that even with our best intentions, sometimes we fall short. And we ask him daily for his forgiveness. Even if we think we had a so-called good day and we didn't sin, we still acknowledge that we can't come to the standard of God's holiness. So we are blameless when we say, Lord, please forgive me for anything I thought, said, or did today that was sin in your eyes. Point number two again, live to please God and not man. Daniel was faced with death. And since he was faith, faced with death, he could have compromised, but he knew that that wouldn't save him. Daniel believed God would save him because his life was pleasing to God. And right now, there's so many people who don't know what to think or what to do in this time. They're, they're worried about the continuing COVID-19 pandemic. They're worried about protest over racial and systemic injustice. People are worried about our unstable economy. And let me say this. Yes, it was good news that um, the, the, the unemployment rate dropped over a percentage point in some from, uh, I think it was from April to May or yeah, from April to May. That was great news. But the fact of the matter is it's still 13%. And some particular at, uh, pockets of society still have way higher out-of-bounds uh, unemployment than others. So let's not get all giddy because the, 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 the unemployment rate dropped 1%. You talk to the folk who are still out of work. Amen now. We got to keep this thing in perspective. Amen. So people are worried about these things. 
But the body of Christ has this opportunity in this season to share a life-saving message to the world. And the, world, the message we need to share is live to please Jesus Christ and Jesus will take care of you. We, we got to stay focused, church family, on our purpose. Verses 23 and 24. The soldiers lift Daniel out of the lion's den. There's not a scratch on Daniel anywhere because as he said to the king in verse number 22, God sent an angel to shut the lion's mouth. Matter of fact, let me just back up real quickly. The angel had to be there waiting anyway because the lions, the, the pit was so deep that Daniel was dropped down or thrown down in it. So it was probably at least six, seven to eight to ten feet deep. The angel had to be there to cushion Daniel's fall. Otherwise, he would have probably broken some bones just falling into the pit. But the angel was there. Daniel said, God sent an angel king. He shut the lion's mouth. They couldn't do me any harm. King Darius, in response to God's coming through for Daniel, King Darius has all these other 119 court officials, these court officers who conspired against Daniel, King Darius has them rounded up, the, the officers and their families, and they're thrown into the lion's den. They're dropped down into that same pit that Daniel was dropped in. And the Bible says that the lions jumped on them and killed them, crushed their bones, tore and ripped them to shreds before they can even hit the bottom of the pit. Amen. Better be careful how you try to attack God's folks. I'm going to just say that the Bible says he who has an ear, let him hear. Let me just leave that for you to ponder. You better be careful how you attack someone who's being covered by the anointing of almighty God. Verses 25 through 26. King Darius sends a letter to every person in his kingdom. And in that letter, Darius makes a decree that everybody must fear and reverence Daniel's God. Lord have mercy. We need to learn to do that ourselves. Must fear and reverence Daniel's God. Verse 27. Here's what Darius says about Daniel's God in verse number 27. This is what he says. He says, Daniel's God uh, 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 he said, um, he's, he's the living God and he endures forever. He says that um, Daniel's God, his kingdom won't be destroyed and his dominion won't come to an end. The king says in his letter, uh, Daniel's God rescues and he saves those who have given themselves to him. Amen. Uh, uh, Darius says in his letter, Daniel's God performs signs and wonders. Are there any witnesses that God can perform a sign and a wonder? Has he done one in your life? Uh, Darius says he performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. And then he ends it by saying Daniel's God rescued Daniel from the lions. Verse number 28. Verse number 28 simply says, Daniel prospered. That means he was successful while Darius remained the king and, and Daniel remained successful when the man named Cyrus or Cyrus came after Darius. Cyrus became the king after Darius and the Bible says Daniel remained successful he continued to prosper even under King Cyrus. 
Here's my third and final point today from the life of Daniel. We can prosper in spite of adversity. Glory, hallelujah to his name. We can prosper in spite of adversity. Psalm 34, verse number nine says, the righteous person may have many problems. Come on now. But the Lord delivers him or her from all of them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Daniel prospered in the face of great adversity because he stayed focused on his divine purpose. I leave you today with this encouragement. In spite of all the uncertainty we are facing as a nation and as the human race, if we stay focused on our divine purpose, we will also prosper just like Daniel. Let me remind you again what our purpose is. Our purpose is to praise God, to serve God, and to share God's word. And as we prosper, God empowers us to bless others. And let me say this, the prosperity, the success we have, it ain't just for us. I know that's not proper English, but I ain't trying to be cute, and I ain't trying to be correct. It ain't just for us. God prospers us. He makes Christians, he makes his believers in this earth realm successful so that we can use the resources he gives us to bless others and give him glory. So my prosperity, my success, yeah, it'll take care of me and my family and people that I want to bless, but it'll have a greater good because God will use me in whatever way he's gifted me to be a blessing to other people. And we've already seen examples of that. Sometimes it's, it may be something as simple as somebody's ability to sing a song that'll soothe a weary heart, that'll bring some, some joy to somebody who's depressed. It could be something more substantial. Could be God blesses you, you are successful, and you can give money to a cause, or you have talent to build something, or to create something, or to transport, or to or to make food or buy food or whatever it may be. Maybe you're the one that comes up with the vaccine for COVID-19. But the point I want to leave you with is when we remain focused on our purpose, amen, amen, we can prosper in spite of adversity. And our prosperity ain't for us. It's for God's glory and for God to use us to be a blessing to others. Daniel is a great example of staying focused on your purpose, but Jesus Christ is the best example of what it means to stay focused on your purpose because Jesus was fully God when he walked around in a human body and he was fully man at the same time. I don't understand how that can be. I just believe it is. And Jesus got tempted, the Bible says in Hebrew, Hebrews, Jesus was tempted in every way just like you and me. And I, for one, when, when the Bible says he was tempted, he was tempted in every way. I, I believe it means exactly what it says. He was tempted in every way. But he did not sin. And because he did not sin, he still had, he retained his divine sovereignty, his divine wisdom and power and authority to do everything but fail. So that's why Jesus, when he let man take him into Pilate's judgment hall, into Herod's judgment hall, and falsely accuse him, 
He didn't try to fight back and resist because he was focused on his purpose. When he let the soldiers, the Roman soldiers, take him outside and beat him so badly that, that, that they laid open his skin and he lost so much blood, he probably should have died right there from the severe, brutal beating that he took. But he still had enough in him because he's God to stay focused on his purpose. He wasn't going to die then because that's not where he was supposed to die. When he got that 300 pound or heavier cross and he started to step by step, already almost bled to death, uh, go up Galgutha's rugged hill, he was focused on his purpose. Amen. When he let those men put railroad stakes about this long uh, in his hands and and in his feet, and, and I probably got one right here. I usually keep one close by, but, but I'll show it to you the next time I preach. But those railroad stakes, they didn't put no little nails in Jesus' hand. They put railroad stakes, things this long, in his hands and in his feet. But Jesus endured that pain for you and me because he was focused on his purpose. He let them pierce him in his side so that his blood and water would come gushing out. He was still focused on his purpose. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He was focused on his purpose. When Jesus dropped his head on his shoulders and he gave up the ghost. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. He was focused on his purpose. Amen now. When he let them take him off that cross, and he let them because he could have stopped any of this anytime he got ready. Because remember, he was still God all the time. But he let them put him in a borrowed tomb. And he stayed there the rest of Friday and Friday night. And he stayed there Saturday morning, Saturday midday, and Saturday night. But the Bible tells me that early on Sunday morning, on a Sunday morning that we now call Easter Sunday morning, the Bible tells me that Jesus Christ got up with all power in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And he was rewarded by his father by giving him all power. Why? Because through all that he endured, both as man and as God. You remember now, he was even tempted by the devil when he walked on this earth. But he stayed focused on his purpose. And that's why you and I are blessed. That's why you and I can have victory in this life and in the life to come when we humble ourselves and give our lives to Jesus Christ. Because Jesus stayed focused on his purpose. And I'm encouraging you, my brothers and sisters in Christ today, stay focused on your purpose. Let the Lord use you even now in this trying, difficult, harsh season. Let him use you. Keep praising and praying and praising him. Keep serving him in whatever way the Lord has already directed you or as the Holy Spirit leads you. And keep sharing his word with some lost soul. That's your purpose. Stay focused on your purpose. Don't get too far left or right in political mess. Stay focused on your purpose. Amen. Your divine purpose. To God be the glory. If you are unsaved this morning and you would like to give your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to pray this prayer after me. If you're unsaved, you are a sinner. I don't care how good you may be and you may be a wonderful human being. 
Not saying you're wicked because you're unsaved, but by the very definition of being a sinner, if you're not saved by the, and washed in the blood and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, then you are a sinner and you need to be saved. So if you can recognize that you need your soul to be saved and you want Jesus to begin to use you now to be a better and a larger and a more empowered blessing to people right now while you're still on this side of eternity, if you're unsaved, please pray right after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I believe that you rose from the dead, and I'm asking you now to be my personal Lord and Savior. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer, you're now saved. You're part of the body of Christ. Some of you might be thinking, well, that's just that's too simple. It can't be. Yes, there is all there is to it if you are sincere. And guess what? There are only two people who know for sure if you were sincere. The Lord knows and you know. So if you prayed that short prayer and you were sincere about it, the Bible says you are now saved. You're part of the body of Christ and God will continue will now begin to use you also in this present time to help people and to share his glory. Why? So that others may come to know Jesus through your life. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest ruling about us henceforth and forevermore. Amen.